Well, hello, White Sox fans. How you guys doing tonight? Welcome to another episode of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with Danny Miller, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? What's up? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Not too bad, um, other than, uh, you know, sweating all the time because uh, my central AC went out this uh, last week, like uh, late last week. Talks. Yeah, brutal. Perfect time for it to go out too, huh? The, uh, yeah, the was, worst uh, heat and humidity we've had though all year. Yeah, we got uh, what I think it was like ninety five last last week. You know, right right before we lost uh, our AC. Apparently, our condenser sprung a nice leak, and uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. So went out and spent a bunch of money and got some portable air conditioners for the house, and it sort of works. But, uh, you know, not completely. So, whatever. What are you going to do? You know, it's uh, grin and bear it and uh, just waiting for uh, parts to come in now, I guess. And uh, then I get to shell out a lot more money to uh, get a nice air conditioner. So, but hey, at least then my house will be cold. I hope. Let's hope it's, it happens before it's cold outside your house. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, it's well, I mean, it's like what? It's like 70 something outside now. So, I mean, technically, if I just open the windows and blow some fans in the house, it'll get cooler than it is right now anyway. So. Well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Yeah, that was uh, that took that took a little while to uh, took a little while to do. So uh, I'm glad that uh, it is appreciated because. it was entirely took entirely too long to do. So uh thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, uh was a lot I remember when that was going down. There was a was a lot of uh cussing and uh you know in in the behind the scenes. We'll have to release the behind the scenes footage one day. <laughs> <laughs> not likely. Not until we uh not until we get like, you know, rated our settings here on uh Twitch TV. Yeah, it was uh that was that was not a good time. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, it ended up being fine, but uh Oh, thanks, know. Kendall. I'll leave it out. Oh, wait. Sorry. Never mind. We're talking about something else. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> speaking of uh being cold, uh Dallas Keuchel. Oof. Yeah. I don't have the uh I don't have the exact stats up right now. Um and I and I've seen this mentioned in multiple places. Um and you know, like uh, you know, our whole thing about trying to keep positive. I'm gonna start it off with a, with a a doozy here. Um, so Keuchel, um, I want to say something like over his last uh, what since the All Star break, he's got like uh, a seven point something ERA, and uh, for the season he's at a five point oh oh, if I remember correctly. Um, so I know that. Uh, I know that Kendall brought it up, and um, what 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 are you thinking? Because I'm kind of uh, you know I want to I want to see what he does for the uh, for the next couple weeks, but I'm pretty positive that I know exactly what's going to end up happening and where my feelings are going to lie after that time. What are you thinking? Uh well. It's kind of funny you mention this. 
and I'm going to preface this by saying that, uh, you know, usually and I, uh, you and I have some, uh, some contact throughout the week, whether it be through, you know, uh, through a White Sox daily chat or one of the other many chats that we're all part of or somewhere on Facebook. Uh, and we haven't done that pretty much at all since our last, uh, stream last week. So, um, I don't know where your head is on this, but it's kind of funny that uh, you bring this up right away because I was at the game Saturday night uh, with a large group of people, and uh, we were finally using our uh, opening day tickets from last season. <laughs> you know, we finally got that opportunity to do that. Jeez. So, uh, And this conversation actually came up, and that group is split about half and half. We've got uh, White Sox fans, and then there's a hand. I shouldn't say half and half, but close. Uh there's there's a handful of Cubs fans that you know like to join us every year because uh, they don't get to tailgate up there in the north side. So uh, well, I mean, you could uh, you just have to go into an alley with a bunch of hobos on their uh, you know <laughs> and their garbage can that's on fire. I'm sure you could figure but, uh, out some way to do it. This question came up. Yeah, uh, well, you know, garbage can fire is, is that's my uh, that's my thought of uh, exactly what's going on <laughs> on the north side of fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, so the question came up: What happens with Dallas Keuchel come uh, playoffs? And I don't know if this is where you were going, but um, I said that I don't believe anyone in their right mind could put him in what essentially will probably be a four-man rotation in the playoffs. And uh, I, I just you can't you can't justify it at this point. Dylan Cease is throwing the ball really well. Uh, you know, Rodon should be back shortly here. Or was he? Is he already back? Yeah, he made his. He just made his. Wow, third, I'm losing my mind. Second, three games, three games. Third, third start. Wow. Yeah, three games. Right, sorry, been working in the heat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got uh, you got Lance Lynn doing Lance Lynn things aside from Saturday. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was rough. Yeah. You you know, there's there's just no way you know Lucas Giolito is is throwing the ball absolutely masterfully since the break, and uh, you know I just I can't justify putting Dallas Keuchel in the starting rotation. So my thought with is, is yeah with him with all of his playoff experience I do believe that he deserves a spot maybe just to uh, you know have that veteran presence with with a lot of playoff experience in the bullpen and give him some. Uh, minor uh usage out of the pen but uh you know that's kind of where i stand and i was told by mostly the cub fans that were with us that night that uh there's you know i was wrong and there's no way that you can leave a guy with that much playoff experience out of the rotation and thinking like that is why the cubs look the way they look just saying um, and these are actually pretty good baseball minds that I was talking with too. I was actually shocked to hear those things come out of the mouth. Yeah, months, but... that's uh, I don't agree. It's kind of uh, I like, don't either. <laughs> yeah, I mean my my personal opinion is that, you know, if if he's bad and he can't I mean and whenever I watch him, nothing that he does surprises me at this point. Like if if he goes two innings and you know just like his his start the other the other night like he went one inning 
gave up six runs, and then the next inning he comes out to start the inning and immediately a single. You know? I mean, like, nothing that I, – I just – I have – zero faith in how he's pitching and we've we've had we've had this talk before about him you know in 2018 about him leaving the ball you know mid-thigh with everything and just getting killed you know he can't he can't live in that part of the zone and unfortunately you know it looks like that's uh you know what we can expect i'm also noticing with him too is he's he's been getting two strikes on guys early and counts a lot. Problem is, is then he B takes it all on his shoulders. I think he wants to strike everyone out and he starts doing this Picasso thing. And it starts, you know, he goes to, he goes to one and two and two and two and three and two. And that's when he's grooves one right down middle, middle. And he gets banged around, you know, and he's not throwing the ball 92 miles an hour even anymore. You know, it looks like he, everything is 88, 89, right down the middle. You might as well be throwing batting practice at that point. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's something in his head. I don't know if it's just he's, you know, lost a touch. But, uh, you know, it, it just shocks me that he can get ahead of batters so often and then completely lose the at-bat. Well, if if his goal is to strike out – Guys, when he gets up 0-2, um, he's failing miserably because uh, I think he's got something like 83 strikeouts in 130 innings or something like that. So he's it's it's roughly at about a he strikes out uh, somebody, you know, 60% of his innings ish. You know, I don't do that. I didn't do the math, but I mean, like that's roughly sounds about roughly right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't uh, you can't deny that uh, it's just not going his way. You don't need the numbers to see that. That's just one of those one. That's one of those things. It's just so obvious. It's beyond obvious. It's uh, it's it's actually become extremely frustrating to see a guy that who had an amazing season last year, although albeit short, short season, really came out firing on all cylinders, and now this year has just struggled to uh, even be a, a shell of what he once was. Uh, really difficult kind of to, to watch sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and like we said, I, I just, I don't see if he continues to do this and he can't get anybody out when he's starting. I certainly don't want him as a, as a reliever because I don't trust him to get a out. Right. Nevertheless, it, you know, three outs on, you know, within, Six so I, was try- I was trying to be nice and say, you know, very limited uh, appearances. So you uh, you started this conversation by asking the question and then you said you had your opinion on it and uh, or what you think is going to happen. So why don't you just go ahead and throw that out for all of us? Although I'm pretty sure I know exactly where you're going to go with it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I know what I would like to happen, but I can't say with any certainty that you know we're not going to get a um how would you say a uh an old school type of response from uh a Tony Larusa where the older more experienced guy is going to get the roster spot just because he's older and more experienced despite the fact that his you know that his uh 
his skill set seems to have declined. And uh, I mean, unless he gets really hot here, I just I don't I don't see what purpose he serves on the roster. And uh, yeah, yeah, Kendall says he could potentially could potentially throw harder in relief. And I mean, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but I mean, if, even if he adds four miles an hour to his fastball, you're still looking at 92, 93. The guy's touched like nine. He's touched over 90 like four times a game. You know, all season long. Like it's it's not he's he's not a power pitcher. He never really has been a power pitcher. But uh, when you're laying it up there, it you know, whether it's 88 or 93, it's going to get teed off on. And that's just kind of my thought. I don't. I have to agree with True Sayer on this one. I don't think there's a role for him, other than being that veteran presence that's got experience. And uh, unfortunately, like you say, TLR and his old school thinking is going to feel the same way. Except uh, he's going to feel like he needs to use him. Yeah, that's that's the fear. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, I've watched Ronaldo pitch, and I've watched Dallas pitch, in the same game, where Dallas came out and gave up six runs in the first inning and couldn't get you know hardly couldn't get anybody out, and then uh, Ronaldo comes in and throws five perfect innings, so. I mean, I just don't I don't see any scenario in that where it's gonna be it's gonna be worth keeping him around. And uh, actually, I'll go ahead and read uh, Keuchel's reply when asked about about that about being on the playoff roster. He says, "I definitely think that's fair to say. I'm open and honest with everything that I say and do. And shoot." I've been probably, not probably, I have been the weakest starter in the rotation for much of the year. That just speaks volumes to the advancement of Cease and Rodon being the guy that everybody expected him to be. Giolito and Lynn have been themselves, and it's just me kind of bringing up the rear. Of course I think about it. It's what everybody plays for. Once you get a taste of the postseason, that's all you want to do from there on out. So I've definitely thought about it, but letting myself get rolled up into that idea is the worst of my worries right now. I've just got to make sure that I'm myself come October 3rd, the last game of the year, and whatever happens, happens. But I've always been a team-first guy, so if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be mad as whoever else isn't on it. But at the same time, if you're not getting the job done, you don't expect a spot if you're not putting up the numbers and doing your job. So he's saying the right things. Um, He's writing in the wall, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how, you, like, how you couldn't, you know. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, he was good last year um, up until. Uh, oh, what's up, Steve? How you doing? Um, yeah, you know, I he just, I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, he got his uh, MLB Network uh, fiance and he lost the eye of the tiger or whatever it is. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, could just be that, uh, you know. Does Ricky, it mean that he has confidence or does it mean that he's got money? He's uh, He's been paid a little bit. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I know that, um, you know, I we we heard whispers of him. Uh, you know, I, I've seen it in the press as well. You know, him kind of throwing the defense under the bus and saying that people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, he's, you know 
can't miss, you know, can't can't throw a ball that misses a bat to save his life. And that's part of the problem, you know, with uh, him getting 2 on guys is that he can't put them away. And when you leave them mid-thigh, even if, you know, the guy's hitting a ground ball because he is the, I, I believe, again, he is the MLB leader in ground ball rate, um, if it's hit at 115 miles an hour, it really doesn't matter half the time, you know, because it's going to get some get by somebody when it's traveling at that rate of speed, you know, unless it goes right to somebody. And uh, he's not been getting lucky just like uh, Aaron Bummer in that aspect as to, you know, where the, the BABIP has just been uh, high and it's just missing guys' gloves, and it is what it is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know if I have a cipher for that equation. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where he obviously sees the writing on the wall. Like, you know, you said with his, his quotes and his comments, um, and honestly, you know, all that experience is, it's fine and dandy, but you know, just like he said, if you're not getting the job done and you haven't been getting the job done for almost the entirety of the season, I mean, three years, Who's really. This? I mean, yeah, he had, Man, this he is had true. The, this is true. He He's had not the good first fan. half last year, which right. I mean, a 60 game season. Essentially, it was like a first half of a season is all he had last year. And he was pretty good until uh, until that uh, that one game where Ricky kept him out there to 190 pitches or whatever it was, you <laughs> know, when they were up 25 to two, you know, and Ricky's still marching him out there in the eighth or ninth inning or whatever it was. And, you know, then he magically goes on the DL with a back injury. And since then, he's been garbage. And um, I don't know. Yeah. And even even still, even last year when he was starting, to, it seemed like he was starting to get his, uh, his mojo back, like towards the, you know, towards the when the playoffs were starting to kick in. The last three appearances in the playoffs that he's had, including last year, have all been garbage. His last with the Astros was bad. His appearance with the Braves was bad. And then last year against the A's, bad. So if you see three years three years in a row of bad playoff starts when you're going up against, you know, the, the best of the best, you know, theoretically, going up against the best of the best teams – and he's just it's he's not cutting it, you know. It's just he can't uh can't seem to, to get that pitch that gets somebody out. There's nothing to make you believe that he's gonna all of a sudden find this thing that he's missing. Whatever that thing is. And uh you know, there there's just there's no evidence that, that that's gonna come back around. So uh yeah, I'm with you. I'm kinda hoping that uh you know, the right choices are made, but, uh, you know, as we have, uh, been known to show on the, uh, White Sox daily live stream, the right choices are not always made. And we're just a couple of guys, you know, hanging out in front of computer screens here. Yeah. We're just a couple uh, of JOs hanging out on, on Twitch <laughs> talking about baseball, you know, I mean, but, uh, but I mean, if you look at, if you look in the chat, everybody, you know, for the most part, I mean, even, Kendall's, you know, trying to uh, 
saying that his sinker could be deadly if he added some velocity. Yeah, it could be, but you know, you're you taking can't throw the sinker a, every day, all day either. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you're taking a risk. I mean, so okay, so he throws a sinker again, ground ball, but if it's hit 110 miles an hour, you know, it might find a hole. It certainly might find a hole. Um, yeah. So you know, the uh, thing is, Grim- too, is that sneaker has been falling, you know, two, three feet short of the dish a lot this year, too. Like, it's not even making it to a glove, which has become an issue for catchers as well. Pass balls and, and wild pitches and, you know, everything else under the sun that you can think of that is me. I mean, our, you know, our catchers are getting beat up back there trying to block some of these pitches. Uh, it's just not. It's not an ideal scenario any way you cut it. I, it, I mean, I'm sorry. And, you know, Kendall and I usually agree on a lot. Uh, I just don't feel like there's a spot for this guy on the team. You know, and it's just going to be one of those things that we're going to have to disagree on. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that he's, he's not even really trying that hard to make a point for him. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying, you know, Kendall. No, yeah, know, I know. Or, that or whatever, but, you know, I, he's playing a little devil's advocate, which I appreciate because it's going to keep the uh, – it's going to keep the conversation going here, but, uh, you know, honestly, I just feel like it, there's really not a whole lot to defend what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, you know, from what I see, his role on this team is to uh, fill Buck Nasty Mama's dish at the player haters ball. You know, that's about his <laughs> job right now. He's got no other job. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, We've seen Ronaldo come out, and he had five perfect innings when Keiko could barely get through one without giving up, you know, six runs. And so the game that you were fortunate enough to go to on That's Saturday. Six games this season. <laughs> I bought a six games this season against the Cubs. We're W's. Five out of six. Friday night. The White Sox put up 17 runs, and that's not to take away anything that the you know from the 13 that the Cubbies put up. But uh, oof, I mean that would have at least been a game to see. You know what I mean? There was some fireworks, there were some lights flashing. Uh, it looked like people were having a lot of fun. I probably still would have been cussing about some of the things I saw during that game, <laughs> but you know it would have been a game to be at. Yeah, and uh, you know. One of our other uh, White Sox Daily Live guys was also out there with me, Mr. Mark Or, Mr. Donuts33, who unfortunately uh, was supposed to be here with us tonight and uh, had other uh, he's got uh, other engagements that he's got to handle early in the morning tomorrow. So he's uh, he's off to uh, Dreamland early tonight. But he was at the game with me, and we talked about this. Uh, we talked about it before the game started, and we said, you know, they just put up 17 runs last night. Watch them blink today. And sure as the sun is going to shine tomorrow morning, it's exactly what happened. And then I hosted a, uh, I hosted a fantasy football draft yesterday afterwards, which Mr. Donuts 33 was also privy to. And I hope uh, your, uh, your he, second round pick wasn't JK Dobbins. no, 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 That's I stayed good. away from him and Eddie N and, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys that were out for the season. But, uh, yeah, um, he said the same thing again. 
And he says, you know, they put up 17 runs on Friday. They got blanked on Saturday while we were there. Watch them come out and do some damage today. And uh, I wish I was in the 13-run pool yesterday, and that's all I'll say. Unbelievable. Yeah, those uh, Luis Robert bomb, another Grandal bomb. Uh, I... <laughs> Yeah, it's that that Saturday game was just maddening, you know. And I I didn't even get to watch it, which I'm happy about. I didn't work on Friday, didn't work on Sunday. Um, on Saturday, I ended up doing two shows, two outdoor festival shows on Saturday, and uh, I was lucky enough to listen to uh, innings. Uh, two three and four i think uh driving in between the two shows yeah just just enough to uh see the white Sox get blanked a couple of times and then uh, lance lynn give up uh, a bunch of a bunch of hits and home runs so uh yeah, yeah they, th- that's they made, that's another one they made alec mills look like a Cy young pitcher now and then, don't get me wrong. There was some some really good defense that uh, you know stopped some rallies for uh, for our boys. But uh, you know to uh, to be blinked by a Triple A AAA team for you know essentially is uh, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> I waited <laughs> a year and a half for this game, man. It was my opening day tickets from twenty twenty. Like, come on. And you can hear I'm still a little hoarse. You know, I might have done a little bit of screaming over the weekend. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oof, disappointing, man. But, you know, I got to a ball game. I'm happy about that. Just not happy about the performance I was uh, in attendance for. Yeah, I going, uh, we're going in. Uh, I haven't been out to a game yet either. Um, I was putting it off until I got my uh, full vaccination, and then just things have been uh, crazy busy with the kids' baseball schedule and uh, finally going back to doing shows and whatever. And Well, congratulations on that. Yeah, so finally getting to go. To Kendall on his, uh, his daughter's first baseball game. Yeah, I did see those pictures That's awesome. on Facebook. She is adorable. Yes. Absolutely adorable. I'm actually going to uh, let's see we went to um we went to a Schaumburg Boomers game a couple you know like probably about a month and a half ago but uh me and the boy are driving down to uh North Carolina next week and we're going to go down and see uh some of the last games of the uh the Cannonballers and Dash when we're down there cuz they're both home nights are no nights are in uh Pensacola so can't do that but uh Get to go see, um, you know, Jose Rodriguez, and uh, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get promoted again because he's been tearing the cover off the ball. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that's what I'm hoping that's what happened. I'm hoping we have good weather. I'm hoping I get to go see baseball games and uh, go out and able to uh, enjoy the two nice parks down there and have a good time. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh... Shame you want to get to see the third park, you know, being that they're out of town. But uh, I kind of envy you. I would love to get a chance to uh, get down there. It's going to be some time, though, with this uh, wedding coming up here in a couple weeks for myself and my my wife. And, you know, we yeah, you got other you got other things to worry about. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure do. 
Yeah, we were actually supposed I'll be to be glad when it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, a lot of work. I, yeah, playing. I was not, um, uh, you know, like that was back when I was, you know, touring with bands back then when we were planning on getting married. So the wife was doing the majority of that stuff. And when I would come home, we would go and have meetings with, you know, like a, the DJ and the photographer and all that stuff. But for the most part, you know, like we'd go do the cake testing, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, like all that other, like all the other, like, uh, annoying stuff that kind of fills in the whole thing. Like I wasn't around for any of that. And, you know, let me tell you, I love my wife to death. Uh, you know, for those of you that don't know, we are actually already married. We got married during this, uh, Covis pandemic, uh, that we have going on here last year. We, uh, we got married during that and this year we're doing the big thing with the family and all the friends. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, I feel like I planned three. You know, we planned for the big one up until, uh, oh, I'm going to say early June last year because everybody thought, ah, this is thing's going to go away. And then it got up to about early June, and we're like, I don't think it's going away. And then we planned another smaller one, and that went off pretty well. And then we went back to planning the big one again. So I get to plan three in about a year and a half time there. It's uh, not enjoyable, and all those little things, my uh, I, I don't have the luxury of uh, – going on tour with a band to uh, get out away from all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, it kind of worked out well for me <laughs> in that aspect, you know, like I didn't have to, you know, deal with a bunch of that stuff, but you know, I'll be in contact with you, Steve, by the way, for some of those frontline cigars. Don't you worry. I'm sorry. Um, am I, uh, is, is your audio loud? I see. You no, no, it's just, I'm sweating, man. Burn, it's, oh, you're burning up when no way. Yeah, it's there. brutal in this house, man. Um, yeah, Kendall, the, uh, the cannonballers, they have their, uh, I will say this though, they did lose 15 to nothing last night, but the infusion of talent from the draft, uh, from this year's draft with, uh, uh, Goosenberg, um, from Northwestern and then, uh, Hackenberg from Clemson, uh, those two guys have, uh, put up some pretty decent numbers, uh, hitting and, um, I don't know. We'll see what uh, some of the other guys do. Uh, the uh, uh, blanking right right now. Uh, the uh, pitcher from Maryland, uh, Sean. I don't know why I'm blanking on it right now, but uh, um, Sean Burke. Uh, he pitched, and he was. Uh, you could tell he had a lot of nerves because he was having a, a hard time finding the plate, and he's usually got pretty good command. So it was actually kind of surprising. But um, you know, I mean, I think that uh, those guys that are going to be coming up are going to be, uh, you know, some of them are going to be guys. Let's hope, you know. And uh, you know, of course, West Cath and uh, Colson Montgomery are both looking. Pretty pretty awesome in uh, the Arizona Complex League. We're not going to say the uh, abbreviation just to, uh, you know. Oh, Norhe Vera pitched today? I didn't see that. What did he do? Two innings, zero runs. I like that. Yeah. Two innings, zero runs, 0.00 ERA. Can't complain about that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm Bring really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And you know, like this this whole uh, this whole draft or uh, international signing thing just drives me up a wall, man. These uh, these nonsense tax laws. You know that if you give them, you know, if they come to the states right away, then they have to pay a bunch of taxes on it. But if they go stay in the Dominican for that year, then they get to keep a bunch more money. And uh, you know, it ends up, you know, screwing, screwing all these guys out of a year of, you know, truly competitive baseball. Because, I mean, obviously, you know, they said that Norhe Vera could have started the season at Advanced A. You know, and he's down pitching against Dominican Summer League guys, and I, I mean. I don't know. It just like half of those guys are never going to even come to the states to play in Kannapolis, you know. So yeah, at least half of these guys are never even going to make it to Kannapolis, which you know you see what's going on in Kannapolis this year. What's up, Xavier? How you doing? Thanks, thanks, buddy. He likes your hat, Danny. Oh, sorry, I was behind in the chat. Oh, do you have it on your chat only setting? I do. Uh, you know what? For some reason, I scrolled up and uh, it stopped my uh, chat pause so just, due to scroll. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, yeah. What's up, Xavier? Thanks for the uh, the shout on the hat. Appreciate that. So, Anoy is actually playing down in the DSL this year, huh? I haven't. I haven't. I didn't even see the stats for it. It's kind of one of those things that I kind of leave it out of sight, out of mind for the most part, just because I can't watch it. If I can't watch it, it's not real. It doesn't really right. exist, you know, yeah. sort of. Yeah. So. Don't tell me you're mean that, though. Yeah. Well, I won't be able to watch him if he goes to Japan either. That's so. why I said don't tell him. Yeah. We can't, we can't tell him that. Because he loves, he loves his pants here in Chicago. We're going to see your, the Yerminator again. I, <laughs> this came up in uh, an, a thread uh, in one of our groups earlier tonight. And uh, I don't know, you know, uh, somebody brought up the uh, the possibility and it's something that I had thought about as well way back when, when uh, Tony called up your mean when your mean was putting up those uh, cryptic Instagram posts. Um, retired. Maybe, He's back. Yeah, that maybe <laughs> he told about that quick, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then maybe he told your mean that, uh, you know, hey, man, just hold on. We're going to bring you back for the playoff run, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know whether that's true or not. I, I don't know if it's possible. I mean, it's it's entirely possible, you know, that Tony could have mentioned that. Um, I mean, his I for AAA – his numbers haven't been astronomically good there. I mean, they've been okay, you know, they, but they're not uh, not much better than I would have expected had he played this, you know, had he started this year there, you know, as far as, like, his average and slugging percentage and all that stuff. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, the the Yermin thing's kind of one of those things that's up in the air, you know. Like I, yeah, I it's would, a bit of a uh, mystery. Uh, there's part of me that wants to believe that his numbers in AAA are not, you know, even really your mean number, your mean numbers, uh, because uh, you know he's feeling a little deflated. 
you know, after everything that's gone down this season for him, you know, he hit that, uh, he hit that high and then he hit a low and, uh, you know, he's been a bit emotional. Uh, but then there's the other part of me that says, well, what if that's not the case? And do you use a roster spot for a guy who's as emotional as he has shown us that he can be? Um, and fleeting, you know, at that, you know, like right. uh, just like, like really, I, you know, I mean, far, you know, I, I, I try not to be, you know, too hard on these guys and whatever, you know, but I mean, like, really, like immature, you know, yeah, and like just like high school crap, you know, like uh, this. You know, these uh, like thinking hmm emojis, you know, and then putting up the Japanese flag and then, you know, talking about retirement, you know, with another thinking emoji. Hmm. You know, it's like, are you, you know, like, I don't, I can't, I don't, I'm not sure if he's just fishing for somebody to say, no, you're mean, don't do it, man, don't do it. We, we really miss you. Come back, you're mean. You know, like, I don't know if that's what he's looking for. Or if it's, you know, like, or if he's, like, truly thinking these things and and that's what's actually spurring this stuff on is that he's actually contemplating retiring from baseball, which after you go and you play in the show and you hit, you know, 469 or whatever it was for, like, the first month of the season, you know, I mean, are you really going to just up and retire after that? I mean, I guess it's all downhill from there. Cause it's not going to get any better than that, but I think this is true. You, you hit that high note and there's no way you're going to go back to hitting over 500 for, you know, weeks at a time. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Grimtall uh, says that, uh, what I'm assuming should be your mean could probably pitch better than Dallas at this point. And, uh, yeah, man, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. Don't I mean, maybe for disagree. you know a couple of batters, but uh, you can only throw so many Efes pitches. You know. Hey man, did you see the first inning that Keiko pitched when you went to the game, or at, oh, actually the night before no. you went to the game? Um, I was going to say I uh, I saw Lance Lynn. Yeah, but you but you saw there. the you saw the Keiko start right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he gave six up six runs for- in the first inning. Yeah. I think your mean could probably pitch the first inning of a bunch of games and be an opener and probably not give up six runs the entire time. I kid you not. I mean, he could go. I mean, you've seen you've I mean, we've seen him pitch like the guy can chuck it. You know, and he throws as hard as Keuchel does for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> this is true. This I, is I'm true. just saying, you know, Um yeah, he has an 854 OPS in AAA. I'm not saying that it's that he's not hitting the ball. I'm just simply saying that they're not that those stats aren't well above and beyond what I would have expected for him to put up. That's pretty much what I would expect him to put up. And could he come up and hit baseballs in Chicago? Yes, I think he still could come hit baseballs in Chicago. I just don't know. I don't know if at this point uh you know the fact that he's got a lack of a defensive position 
and he's right-handed if that's going to affect whether or not he comes up. Um, Chris asked earlier who comes up in the expanded roster spots besides Sheets. And, yeah, left-handed power, Sheets, keeps on hitting home runs down in Charlotte. Um, I don't know. Like, this is uh, this is one of those things. There's, uh, there's a little bit of a... A little bit of a roster crunch coming because we have to figure out what's going to happen with these guys. Because you got Hamilton that's ready to come back. I mean, obviously you sent down Mendick and Collins, and I'm pretty sure that both of those guys are there to stay. Uh, unfortunately for them. Well, but yeah, they were given their opportunity, and uh, neither did a whole lot with it. So, yeah, it's, that's uh, unfortunate. I wouldn't mind, I, you know, and we talked about this a little bit. We talked about how Burgers cooled some, but yeah, uh, he's been I wouldn't. Out. I wouldn't mind seeing another infielder come up in that expansion. Uh, the Sox are loaded with outfielders right now, which is odd to even say at the moment. Yeah, because, but that's yeah, going into also this season. Do are are they going to keep? Goodwin, and then they've also got Hamilton and Engel as well. But I don't think Engel. Um, I mean, you're saying Engel will be back, but is Engel really going to be back, or is he going to come and then go right back on the IL again? You know, like he did the first and second time. You know, so I mean, I'm just saying. You know, it's like uh, who knows as far as that goes, okay. but. Uh, do you give Romy Gonzalez a shot? I don't know, I man. That's that's, I mean, that's uh, a question. The guy's swinging a hot stick, but he's hitting a lot of bombs. But he also uh, he also swings at a lot of garbage. I mean, you know, not to the point where he strikes out a ton. I mean, granted, the last couple of games he's got a couple of strikeouts, but I mean, you know, for the most part. Yeah, see that that that's exactly where I was going with it, Kendall. He says R- Romeo or Mendick. And like the thing is is that I mean, Romy's got more power than Mendick does. Um it's going to be kind of one of those questions to find out whether the bat to ball skill is going to be similar or if it's going to be better or worse, you know? That's that's where that's where it's going to come up and and is the is now the time that you want to figure that out? You know, I mean, he just got moved to AAA. I mean, granted, he was a 2020 guy at AA at a difficult, you know, in a difficult league of state. Like his his division, his league of stadiums is is difficult for hitters. Um, and uh, yeah, no, Rome. Yeah, he's not young, but. You know, and also truth sayers also bringing up another thing is that, that are you I've also heard this, that Tony's saying that he wants to carry three catchers. And if that's the case, I know Collins has got a left handed bat. But that left handed bat's got some holes in it. You know, I mean, he went down to uh, Charlotte and hit a two-run bomb the other night, but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm personally of the opinion that Zach Collins could throw up a 
a 240-250 average if he was given it bats all the time. And that is just that is not going to happen here. It's just not. He's not defensively good enough to be that backup for Grandal. And with those sporadic at bats, I don't feel like he's his I, I don't feel like I kind of feel like his skill set is kind of one of those things that has to have high volume for the value to show. You know, I mean, I don't he's not, think he's not that, gonna get enough consistent at bats here. That's he's what I'm not. saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, I know that a bunch of people are you know roasting him all over Twitter, blah blah blah. You know, but I don't really care about that stuff. Like, I mean, I've watched the kid play for what, like five, you know, four, four years now, and it seems like whenever he is playing every day, his skill set starts to show. And uh, as far as as far as with the bat. You know, anyway, as far as like bringing up that OBP and still hitting enough that it makes his OPS good. And I kind of think that it's just, you know, with the way that he's, you know, with what he's going to get up here, I just don't think that, you know, that it's going to be a beneficial situation for him. And I'm, I'm fairly positive that at this point that he's gone. Because I don't think he's coming back, and you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to be one of those uh, guys that's you know talking badly about you know prospects and whatever. But I mean, it just to me, it seems like his his run here is like pretty much at its end. Like he didn't improve enough to the point where he couldn't keep. Sebi Zavala off of his coattails and that comes after Sebi Zavala hitting like 205 for like the last three years right you know I mean the fact that he couldn't keep Sebi Zavala in AAA that means that he didn't do you know what he should have done or what you hoped he would do anyway you know which is unfortunate because I you know I was hoping that he would uh you know, that he would have that um, decent season this year, and it just never seemed to, you know, just like at bad after at bad. He just trying to be too too cute and trying to take too many pitches and, uh, you know, getting pissed when a nice pitch, a pitcher's pitch got called, and it is what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I really don't know what he was complaining about the other night. Uh, it was a good pitch. And, uh he got he got emotional uh for no reason there was no good reason you got to take the bat off your shoulder dude and i got to say that's one of the arguments that i've seen from people as well he walks well yeah he walks because he stares at a lot of good pitches yeah he uh he you know you can't you can't look for the perfect pitch every time you know to take the the bat off your shoulder you got to swing it's something that, you know, it's in the zone. You've got two strikes. You got to protect. You, and if you're not protecting, you're not doing your job. I'm saying. Yeah, he he uh yeah, he he definitely watches too many pitches that he should be hitting hard. He should be drilling, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh how about this, Steve? We'll just call him Kojak. Oh, then it's all fixed. Uh, Sebi came up because Grandal got hurt. Yeah, no, no, I get, yeah, I get it. I'm just, 
I'm just simply saying that there was at no, at no point did Collins make it uh, evident to everybody around that he was the guy. There was always a question, you know, and he didn't do enough to separate himself from Zavala to to keep that, you know. I mean, when Grandal went down, he had his shot to be a major league starter. He had his shot, and he did not, you know, he did not. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't step up and and you know put himself out there as as the guy. And it just you know like regardless of his defense, if he would have hit the baseball, he's starting. You know, and Zavala right. and, could be know, his backup. The thing is, is you guys are looking at two. You got two guys right in front of you on your screens right now that you're watching here on this stream that were uh, advocating for him to get more playing time at one point and for him to get more at bats. And uh, we saw that finally this year. And unfortunately, you know, I, I, for one can say I was wrong. I thought he was going to put it together. And again, he hasn't been consistent. You know, they haven't been consistent at bats all season long because until Grandal went down, you know, he wasn't playing as much as I think he would like to play and as much as he probably needs to play to get those at bats. But, uh, you know, like you said, when Sebi Zavala comes in and he has uh, a lot better defense and he's only, you know, and he, it, he uh, hasn't been, you know, exactly tearing the cover off the ball either, but he has warmed a little bit uh, here and there. But when you, when you can say he's warmed a little bit here and there and feel more confident about him than Zach Collins, Zach Collins is the obvious choice to go down. It's just that yeah. simple. It's unfortunate, but it, yeah, it that's it's totally true. You know, we advocated for him. We really did. Uh, we've probably been doing it for over a year now, even though we've only been doing the stream for about uh, eight or nine months here, or I should say podcast slash stream. Uh, we've been talking about that since last season uh, in other places. And, uh, you know, it's it's it really just is unfortunate. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. And as fans, we all kind of, you know, a lot of us like to wear our hearts on our sleeves with some of these young prospects and kids that we've been hearing about for years and years and years and years. And it's just unfortunate that not all of them are going to pan out to be who we hope they could be. And there's going to come those tough decisions when you have to kind of let go of those hopes, you know. And that's that's just that's the long and short of it, you know. Yeah, uh, I, you know, we've, I think we pretty much exhausted the whole thing. I mean, like, we both hoped that Collins would step up, and he just, you know, he just did not. And, uh, I, you know, it could be because uh, the consistency of it bats, blah, you know, whatever, you know. But, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. I mean, they could have, they could have traded him. But they kind of had that feeling that uh, that he was gonna that he had the potential to be a guy, and uh, then they signed Grandal, and his crappy batting average. I keep on hearing that this guy's awesome, but he, you know, if he's really that awesome, he should at least be hitting like two fifty, right? I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, only hitting two hundred. <laughs> what a bum! I think. Well, no, I think he's hitting two oh three now. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> a step a in the right direction. Maybe this year, maybe he'll end up finishing, you know, like uh, 220. How many other guys have uh, 
yeah, games on their uh, under their belt this season. How many guys you have know, on the White Sox? How many how many other players on the White Sox have an eight RBI game under their belt? I was lucky. Mm, yeah, guy lucky. can't hit. <laughs> Hitting two hundred three. Obviously, he can't hit. You know, he gets like, on base a lot. I'm. That's you know, why we I like know him. I know you're being facetious because he gets on base. Yeah, no. I, I know like you're being guy. facetious, but uh, I, I have all. Yeah, I've always been the. Uh, I've always been uh, pro Grandal. Always. Yes. And when I heard that we signed him, I was floored. I couldn't believe it. And you know, like yeah, actually, we I was, have not had a catcher since we since AJ has been gone. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Boog Shambi. Mecca Lecca High, Mecca Heine Ho over on the Marquee Channel. And uh, I was watching the uh, the replay of the 13-1 drubbing. Uh, It's a fun word to say, drubbing. Uh, I was watching the um, the, uh, Jambi um, broadcast, and they were gushing over, over Grandal and how awesome he is. Not, you know, like they were saying that, and this is the thing, is that they were saying that one thing that he's really good at, and, I mean, obvious, this is obvious to us, yes, I know, that he's good at framing. But the thing that uh, that Shambi did bring up that uh, that you don't hear anybody else really bringing up that uh, that talks about Grandal, it's when he does what he does and the difference that it makes in the game at that particular moment. And I think that that's one of those things that uh, kind of goes overlooked, you know, and especially goes overlooked by those, uh, you know, those uh, anti-numbers uh, people that uh, I watch the game with my eyes, those people. Watch every game since 1932. I watch the game. You just need to get your face out of them books and watch the baseball game, and you'll know what's going on. Uh, Dallas Keuchel does goodness. have one. Is he's like eight and seven, Keuchel. But the I yeah, mean, you know, it's funny they do score for him. Sometimes, uh, you know, I mean, they. How about this? They got him a no decision on Friday. Well, like, how do you you yeah, give mean, up six runs in the first inning and can't get the first guy out in the second inning and get pulled for a guy who got sent down? Because he couldn't see the signs that the catcher were giving to him from the pitcher's mound. Oh, until he got his LASIK, anyways. I mean, <coughs> like, like I said, who knew that you need two eyes to pitch, or at least you know be able to see you no know, farther than forty feet in front of your face? Who knew? Oh, well, you know that, and the return of the breaking ball. Yeah, let's see. If- I know I've heard the stories about Raylo and and his, you know, his eye surgery, his LASIK surgery, and yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. You definitely have to be able to see the signs that are being thrown down. You you need to know yeah. you got to be on the same page with your catcher, and uh, you know, often the uh, the manager or you know some other coaches relaying things to the catcher. It would be nice to have them all on the same page. Yeah. But you know, let's be honest. What made Ronaldo? Amazing as he was in 2018 was the hook. And the hook kind of went away for a little bit. 
And we spoke about it here, right here, uh, early this season, or I actually should say in the off season, even uh, with the addition of Mr. Ethan Katz and uh, how he'd been working with him on his, uh, his breaking stuff. And man, it is filthy. Absolutely filthy. He's got an out pitch again, and that's uh, definitely helping his game. Yeah, Kendall brings up a good point. Another uh, example of Sox training staff making a boner. You know, how do you know that, the, you know, how do you have this guy around for this long and not figure out that the guy can't pass a driver's exam eye test? You know? Like the, yeah. big, the, the like the top two rows, like he can't even he can't even tell you which way the E's pointing on the he's, top. He's like, you know, uh, is that an E? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, am I holding up two or three? You know, I don't know, six. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Griptal says that when uh, Yas was a Dodger, there's no better clutch guy in that lineup for three seasons. And I mean, he had a bunch of big hits for them. And uh, as we all know, uh, Yasmani Grandal, uh, San Diego Padres legend as well. Um, speaking of the San Diego uh, fathers, I can't say that I'm sad to uh, see where they're at right now. Kind of kind of makes me feel pretty good. Preller, Prellered all over himself, didn't he? Gave yeah, out a not, lot of money. Uh, Handing out money. Not sad about it. And uh yeah, how's that working out? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf is cheap. No, I mean, you know, like I he's frugal. I didn't he's I didn't dislike a bunch of moves that they made. You know, like I thought they made some decent moves. Like I getting Darvish Tom. from next to nothing, fantastic. You know, like the the Snell deal, good deal. You know, and he's like been was- he's been good for them lately. Um, just the uh, it's just strange, you know. It's kind of one of those things where it's like uh, the uh, the sum of your parts isn't necessarily equaling equaling what you think it's gonna what you think it's gonna get to. I mean, it's like it's one of those things that you know, like you can assemble an all star team, and it's not gonna matter. You know, you're still you know you're gonna win between ninety and a hundred and five games more more than likely. You know, regardless of how many of these top guys that you sign, because you're going to have lulls no matter what. So, you know, I mean, does it really make sense to just keep on stockpiling all these all-star guys, especially older all-star guys? You know, you're running into injuries. And that the one that that uh, that we all said was a bad move the second they made it, that Eric Hosmer thing's coming to back to bite him in the butt, you know, paying him $25 million a year. Like, what? What is that? I like that was a bad yeah. deal. The second that they that that ink was dry, what an awful oh, awful idea! Oh, but you idea. know the amount of the amount of White Sox toilet Twitter that wanted him. It was beyond awful. I mean, yeah. you got to be better, Sox fans. You got to be better. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, Kendall, that. The uh, Yas had that uh, that one bad playoff series, and it's the one that all of the guys, all the old guys that hate numbers, it's the playoff series that they all remember. It was the he had something like five pass balls or something, 
in uh, one series, and he looked like he. I mean, he did. He did not have a good series. Like I will 100% agree with that. But the good series and good games that he did have far outweighed this one series that everybody cites as, you know, the reason for Grandal being garbage. Yeah, the Tatis deal. You know, I mean, oh yeah, that Tatis. Yeah, that thirty-two. Uh, what it was? He signed for thirty-two years or something like that. I don't know. It's something ridiculous. I can't remember what it yeah. is. Yeah, with, with his shoulders falling off, and they just gave him all kinds of money. Yeah, and his his uh, discs in his back are turning to dust as we speak. Yeah, not good. But you know, Manny Machado. There's another good one. I mean, Manny Manny Machado's Manny Machado. You know, he is. He's Manny Machado. He's gonna be Manny Machado for a while. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's good. I'm not going to say that he's not. It's just, you know, like, like I said, you know, it's like if you keep on signing all these guys, I mean, you know, you could have every all-star, like I said, a a complete lineup of all-stars. You're still going to lose, you know, 55 plus games. It doesn't matter. So, you know, I mean, is it really worth spending? I mean, I know that the Dodgers did it. But the Dodgers also have in, have a bunch of fill-in pieces as well that just happen to be really good, but they're the kind of guys that get rallies going, you know? And they play as a team as opposed to the, uh, you know, the Padres haven't had that time to uh, to gel, you know, and you're just sitting here picking up all these, picking up all these guys and putting them onto your roster, and it's like... You know, you, I, okay, maybe they haven't had time to gel. Maybe they're, you know, you're. I see where you're going with this, but uh, you know, like you said, you know, the old saying: you're going to win sixty games, you're going to lose sixty games. That's what you do with the sixty in the middle. And uh, you know, how much are you paying for each one of those wins at this point? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like what's what's going to be the? I mean, obviously they're in the Dodgers division, so they knew that they were going to have to win some games. But like the thing is, is that. You can get the wild card as well, being in the same division. You know, like you don't have to win the division necessarily, but, you know, like this funny thing happened, you know, on the way to the World Series is that the Giants are playing baseball. You know? Really, really good baseball. Yeah. You know, their pitching coach is is fantastic. And, uh, you know, like, you know, Speaking of cats was working with him and uh and we got him. So I'm happy that we got him because he got to work over there and work with that guy for a while, plus all the stuff that he already knew as well. So just building on knowledge and I'm totally stoked on it and I mean obviously you see that uh it's paying dividends this year with this uh Sox pitching staff, so the Dodgers failed the 90s and early 2000s doing what the Padres are doing right now. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, the Yankees did as well. They failed a bunch of times doing the exact same thing as well. I mean, granted, they did win a couple, but, I mean, you know, they had a bunch of they had a bunch of failure years as well, you know, and old Papa George was not happy about it half the time. So, yeah, so... Uh, Grintal says maybe they'll take Dallas. They're desperate for rotation, guys. That's one thing that we talked about on here before, you know, is that uh, it would be 
you know, at this point, the White Sox need to be kind of trying to dig out from under that. Unfortunately, they're still on the hook for, what, two more years? And uh, they got like a – or maybe it's, uh, let me think, 2022, 20, I guess he's got a vesting option for 2023. So there is that. But uh want Keuchel to have some decent starts before the end of the season may help offload his contract in the offseason, but I also want to give TLR a reason to push for him to be on the playoff roster. Yeah, you know, I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't – yeah, exactly. I, I want him to pitch better so we can get rid of him uh, because that uh, – yeah, that uh, – I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I don't think he's going to get to his vesting option at this point. I think he's got 100 – what's he got? Like, uh, he's got 160 of 320 innings or something like that. Somewhere oh, Keuchel? I thought I thought that next year was his option there. I no? think it's 2020. No, it's 2023. Is it 2020? I thought 2023. We have him for two more years, I thought. 2022 and 2023. But then he's got a vesting option. Maybe that's the fourth year that I'm thinking about. I can I can't remember. There that that contract was kind of screwy. And I it only I, I looked strange. at it like uh recently, but I kind of only glanced over it and just went, "Huh, that's weird." So uh yeah, but yeah, I don't want to 3 years plus an option year. All right. Well, all right, so that means that we got him for one more year minimum. So maybe they do cut ties after that. But the thing is, is that, uh, you know, if you've got much better options and you're trying to win the World Series, like what what are you what are you keeping them around for? Really? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. So, so uh, uh, nice, uh, <laughs> nice hat change on there on the in between the you change. Oh, hats? Yeah. No, you, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I uh, I put this on times. for uh, I put this on for uh, Grimtall, the uh, Intimidator hat. Um, speaking of uh, things that are uh, an enigma, this White Sox offense. Um, <laughs> even now they have they have uh, Grandal back. Um, and now Luis and Aloy are back, and both of those guys are and all three of them are killing the baseball for the most part. However, still lost seven to nothing to Alec Mills. Made him look like a freaking signal pitcher. Yeah. Totally bizarre. You know, like the thing was they were talking about, uh, they were talking about um, on the radio, uh, Len Casper was talking about how Alec Mills wasn't like a strikeout. He's not a strikeout guy, doesn't strike out a lot of guys. And then almost right on cue, he strikes out the side. Mm. And it's just like, what's going on here? You know, I think he struck out, he struck out Vaughn Grandal and Robert, I think, or something. I can't, I can't remember who, who it was. Yeah, but was I missed just... I'm probably in line for nachos. The nachos my wife had to have. At uh, a line that didn't seem that long. At uh, not the Irish nachos, just regular nachos. Helmet nachos, you know. She wanted the. Uh, I want the. Uh, oh, I don't know the 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 pork, whatever the uh, carnitas. 
nachos with all the fixings. And, uh, yeah, the line didn't seem that long, yet I was in it over an hour. Yeah. Before she finally came and hunted me down and said, oh, the nachos aren't that important. And I said, well, I'm second in line now. There's only one other person in front of me. I'm not going to jump out of line at this point. I waited all this time. If you tell me to get out of line now, we're going to fight. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have an argument right here in front of everybody because, uh, yeah, uh, that would have been a colossal waste of time if Ugh. I had not gotten my nachos at that point. Yeah, I'll get so. that. We should get – actually, we should talk about that. Uh, what's up, Death177? Death177 is part of uh, Hard Carl 55's crew. And, hey! Uh, yeah. Good dude. Thank you for uh, thanks for stopping by. Says he was game, at the game Saturday as well, and he says it was awful. And uh, I think we can all pretty much concur that that was uh, an abomination of a baseball game. Um, but uh, speaking of the great, um, they have been absolutely terrible this year. With the with service, everything having to do with fans, everything, and I mean, I, yeah. I personally have, like I said, I have not been to a game, but I am watch, you know, I watch Twitter, and just some of these things, like I saw yesterday, uh, somebody posted uh, up on Twitter that it was just the start of the third inning, and he popped a tweet up, and. He is in a line of about 60 people to get into the ballpark in the third inning. And just like uh, Kendall says, is that the parking is a joke, that you've got people working for the city or for whoever, misdirecting people, not telling people that lots are full, and that there's no parking in these lots. You buy a parking pass, doesn't matter. The lot's full somehow, magically, you know. And, you know, I know I know that Kendall had to go park, you know, off at his, uh, his secret spot somewhere. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know where his secret spot is. But, you know, he had to go park in his secret spot and walk over. And, you know, it. it's just I know that when people went to – uh, the Ivy covered piss pot for the Crosstown series that they were remarking on how much easier it was to get into the park and how everything seemed to be working so much more smooth than when they went to games at the great. And, um, I know that, uh, at, at, uh, up north there, they have uh, the camera system for the uh, for the uh, metal detectors and all that stuff. So you don't even have to empty your pockets and put it into a tray and then have somebody digging through your stuff. They can already tell what you have and what you don't have when you just walk through. And you don't have to empty your pockets. You don't have to do anything. It's just like, it, and I, you know, at my job, we have that same thing. We also have uh, a camera that when you walk through that camera, everybody's face, when you're walking through this camera, a little box peers around your face, and it'll either be a green box or a red box. 
and it will tell you what your temperature is when you're walking through. So they know whether you have a fever or not when you're coming through the line. There are. It I don't know if that would have worked on Saturday after tailgating for three hours. It, and it works at my place, you know. And we got trust me, we got a bunch of a bunch of people that are coming in there that uh, are already three sheets to the wind when they're coming in. So I'm just I'm just saying, you know. And it's also hot outside, you know. Um, it just seems to me that there is a lack of investment in the uh, service aspect of getting into the park, parking. Not to mention, I've also heard nightmare stories about people not being able to go the direction that they need to go to get home, being forced onto the highway in the opposite direction that they need to go by, you know, by city officials. And it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Then when you get into the park, you've got no vendors in the stands. So like all those ancillary beer sales and everything that keep the lines somewhat down up on the concourse. When you've got 30,000 plus people in the park, you know, like when, when, you know, we were drawing 13,000 people a night, it wasn't a big deal. You know, but now that they're starting to pack the joint and people are starting to show up to these games, you don't have the beer vendors going through the sections because you don't, you know, because you don't want to spread the covis, you know. But well, meanwhile, I, you, you can, I don't understand that either because uh, there no wasn't sense. a single person wearing a mask at this game. Doesn't even it after mask mandates had been sense. passed out. Zero. There was sense. nobody wearing masks. Yep. So and why can't I have a vendor? Exactly. And then so they don't have a guy walking through handing out beers. So now you have to go and stand next to all these people. So when you're walking through the concourse, you're walking through a sea of people. And I you gotta know? tell so, you, it wasn't it's not just the vendors in the stands either. There was uh, you know, let's just talk about the uh the, the actual concessions areas as well, too, where you know you have these issues. Yet there were a handful of those concessions that looked like they were just understaffed. Uh, and some, you know, and I'm not going to say this. I'm sure there's a, a lot of great employees there. But I encountered a few that just didn't seem to care whether or not you were there and what you were there for and how quickly or not so quickly you got what you ordered. There was just a lack of, you know, want to do their job at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. It, there's just, and I get it. Maybe you're burned out because of these situations, but, uh, you know, you would think that knowing that these situations are at hand, that maybe you staff for that kind of thing. You take some of the pressure off some of these folks that are there day in and day out, every home game, you know, it's 82 games a year, or I'm sorry, 81 games, 81 home games. Uh, I don't know. You would think that uh, you would have enough people knowing that your team is going to be, uh, you know, in first place probably for the remainder of the season and uh, going into the playoffs. Uh, and for lack of better words, it was a, uh, it was a poop show. 
Yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, just in this, you know, in the area, I don't know about anywhere else in the United States, but around the Chicago area, I know that there is a a shortage of people uh, in the workforce. Like, we have, at, at my job, you know, we have jobs that pay, to start, they pay like $70,000 a year. And any person that can count can come right in, apply for the job, and most likely get it because they're so short. But the problem is, is that they're not getting anybody walking in through the door, you know? And it's probably this, it's probably a lot of the same thing for them there and why they seem understaffed is probably because they are understaffed. Because somebody can sit at home and collect, you know, two paychecks every every month, you know, uh, you know, biweekly or whatever, and not have to do a thing and make more money than ex- than if they actually have to work. So, like, I I totally I totally get it. You know, I understand the the staffing aspect of it. the The problem that I have is that it's the it, you know, like mentioned here in the chat, is that they they just don't seem to care at this point and that people and you know people have been complaining since day 1 this year about how atrocious the customer service has been for uh you know ticket holders and absolutely nothing has changed nothing in fact it's probably gotten worse and uh seeing gridlock for 2 hours yeah no i mean getting i mean personally I would be a hundred percent okay had they built the stadium in Addison. Personally, I would be ecstatic had they built it there, which it would mean that I don't have to drive to the Dan Ryan and sit in traffic from the Eisenhower to the Dan Ryan. It would make my life so much better. But you know, like I know some people are, uh, some people have this thing where. Uh, you know, if it's not uh, if it's not in the Bridgeport thing, it's not the White Sox. You know, like they have that uh, that attitude about it. And personally, I could care less. I would much rather be in an, in a convenient location where I can get to it and get home within you know like an hour instead of you know it taking an hour and a half home or two and a half hours on the way in. You know, I mean, it's just yeah, and that's not going to change. And I, you know. It's not going to change my fandom at all. It's just one of those things that would have been nice. From yeah, well, I mean, if they like. if if they could if they could get their stuff together on some of the other things that we talked about, it might make the parking situation and the driving situation a little bit easier to uh, swallow, if you will. But uh, when you compound these things one on top of the other. Uh, it's not the best fan experience, it, you know, and, uh, we, uh, we have heard about the class act that this organization thinks it is, uh, but, uh, you know, they're not really sticking their necks out to make the fan experience all that much better. No. Yeah. This, this, uh, you know, I mean, and like I said, I haven't been to a game this year just because of, uh, you know, the whole situation and I'm trying to play it safe and I got a, you know, I got an 11 year old kid, so he can't get the vaccination and I'm, you know, like I would feel pretty bad about going to a game 
without him at this point because he wants to go. He wants to go to a game. But unfortunately, like he doesn't have the, the the vaccine. So I haven't, we haven't like made it a priority to, to get there and to do that. And he is, it's, it's my brother's birthday in October. So we're going and like we had tickets bought for us. It's, you know, it was, it was planned. So we're going, you know, and it's just, it hasn't been a priority up until this point, just because I, mean, I didn't feel like risking it. But I mean, at this point, you know, He's going to school every day, so he's going to school every day and sitting next to kids all day. So what's at this point? What's the difference? You know. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. So uh, I'm gonna. Uh, well, it, you, we tried to do this positive thing. It hasn't really worked out. Uh, you know, week in, week out. Uh, so. Let's just kind of, I, I don't know. Are you ready to move on and talk about? Uh, yeah. yeah, we can Rupai, talk about actual baseball. Uh, some, yeah, you know, we, we've, we've been kind of going off on a tangent here. Hey, you know, Sox won a series over the weekend. Yay. Uh, I, you know, we've already made it abundantly clear that uh, Kendall and I chose the wrong game to go to, as well <laughs> as some others here in the chat. Five well, out of also, six games I would also... this season, and we chose the one that they did not win. I would like to point out that Kendall said that he was looking down on you at that game. He, he was looking down? That's that's what he said Did earlier. I miss that? I was looking down upon you. Yeah, it was all I the thought way. He was, the... I, thought he, I thought he said he was looking for me at the game. I, he was I, uh, looking I... down upon you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so I would also like to point out that uh, – the series before that, the Blue Jays, um, we were uh, once again kind of held hostage by the uh, bad offense, good offense show. You know, those first two games were pretty rough. You know, we scored three, three, and uh, I'm sorry, not we. I wouldn't want to offend anybody's sensibilities. The White Sox <laughs> scored three runs and uh, and one run, I believe, and then. Uh, and they won the uh, won the last game. What like ten to seven or something? Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. So we got some. Actually, th- there was actually some. There was some really good pitching in that. Uh, you know, Los pitched really good. Came back for his first start. Didn't strike out a lot of guys. Only had three strikeouts, I think. But uh, he went five innings and gave up two runs. Wasn't too bad. You know. You know, things ended up happening later on in the game, but you know he looked pretty good. We've we've had some some nice pitching, and they actually held the Blue Jays to a, a fairly low run total. You know, in both of the games that they lost, it's just another one of those things where you know, you know, Robbie Ray strikes out seventy four guys in the game, and uh, it seems like nobody's interested in hitting. So. Just like on uh, on Saturday, you know, just nobody seemed very interested in hitting at all. So, you know, you get what yeah. you get. I mean, it's it's just been a constant this year. We get the offensive outburst, and then we get a a stagnant, tired looking, careless at bats. You know, it's just, oh yeah, it's 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 disturbing. Uh, it's not going to cut it in the playoffs. They need to find that now. Thankfully, in this Cubs series, 
uh you know even after putting up 17 on friday we did find ourselves with the the shutout on saturday but uh you know instead of going three or four games without any offensive production we did see another 13 run game on sunday i'm kind of hoping today being the day off that uh you know maybe that's the that's just the, the all the rest they need to uh, come out and score some runs tomorrow but you know, I'm I'm really getting tired of talking about this same thing over and over again. Where, <laughs> and you know, we do it a lot around here because we see the same things. I mean, let's be honest. It's, you it's know, been, I'm they've just been, saying they've been really consistently inconsistent. Yes, you know, yeah, we get that offensive outburst, and then we get three or four days where we see next to nothing. Um, you know, I don't know with uh, Aloy and Luis and uh Grandal doing what they're doing. Uh Jose seems to be finding some uh some momentum here with some protection in the lineup. You know, he doesn't feel like he needs to take all the pressure upon himself. He, he's he's warming up. And let's be honest, you know, August has always been his best month pretty much throughout his entire career. Um you know, Timmy has kind of found uh you know, his stride Although uh, Tony seems to Tony seems to be taking the uh, the soft approach with him on some of these uh, little you know nagging injuries that Tim has, which I hope doesn't cool him. Uh, but you know, Yo Yo, let's let's talk about Yo Yo for a minute because he sucks. He sucks. He should trade him. Yeah, he's hitting like uh, three sixty or something over the last like three weeks or something. Yeah. Best on base percentage on the team, hitting 360. Let's just knock that whole thing off. So, you know, you put all that stuff together. I'm kind of hoping that maybe this is now the time where, you know, everybody says you get hot at the right moment. And uh, this is about that time. So, you know, we'll be keeping our eyes open. We'll probably talk about it more here in uh, upcoming episodes of White Sox Daily Live. But <clears throat> if there's a time, now's the time. Uh, let's see what happens tomorrow and in the next couple series. But. Oh, man, it's rough. It's rough to watch yeah. that. It's, you know, like the thing is, it's pretty odd, though. I mean, if you think about it, because Grandal, I mean, granted, he's only been back for three games, but he's beating the piss out of the ball. But then Aloy and Luis, Mancada and Abreu have all been hitting. Timmy's been hitting fairly well. So that's like five guys in the lineup right there that have been hitting pretty well. And some of the other guys have been hitting decent. Like the, the odd thing is, is that they're managing to keep these numbers, you know, their OBP, their OPS, all this stuff. They're managing to keep those numbers at, at really, really nice spots. Yet we still have these games where you lose seven to nothing or eight to one or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you can keep your strange. OPS and your on-base percentage pretty high when you put up 17 runs. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can you put up 17 runs, you put up 13 runs. Yeah, I mean, everything looks fine and dandy on paper. <laughs> you know I, mean? I watch the games. You need to stop looking at those stats. You need to start watching the games. Oh, get your yeah, nose out of because the books. They don't slay. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. Which, you know, you're supposed to. You're When you're a good team, you're supposed to. Uh, it's the other. That, that, you know, scares most of us. Yeah, you generally want to beat the piss out of the bad opponents and at least play 500 ball against the good opponents. And, you know, for the most part, that's mostly what they've done. And then when you get to, you know, when you get to October, it's kind of a crapshoot. 
But, you know, as Truesayer says, I get resting the guys for the playoffs, but the guys need to play together for a while before the playoffs, and they haven't played together at all this season because of all the injuries. So, you know, let's hope that in the next month you can get a nice block of, you know, a block of games where everybody's playing together and you're getting your full lineup in and everybody is doing their thing. And, I mean, hopefully it looks like, you know, Friday and Sunday, you know, where you get your guys swinging the bat well and coming up with the hits that matter when they matter. You know, I mean, but, you know, again, on Friday, I think they had something like 25 guys left on base. On Friday, so I mean, I think uh, me and Grimtall were actually talking about. It. I think that uh, you know, realistically, they could have scored thirty-five runs that night, you know, or should have, you know, if they had even like uh, just a couple more hits. You know, you're talking twenty-five to thirteen, you know, thirty to thirteen, you know, if you just have a couple more timely hits and they just, you know, yeah, law of runners averages. in scoring position. I watched the game. Uh, yeah, you see all those guys that get left on base? Well, you were watching the game? <laughs> it's been happening a lot. Yeah. Uh, Kendall says he has a <laughs> feeling that Detroit is going to give us some headaches down the stretch. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Like, uh, I think they've got uh, pretty close to the same record that we do since May 8th or something like that. They've been playing pretty decent baseball for the last, you know, two months three yeah. months yeah so. i mean you think about it you take away their april and their first week of may and uh they could be right at the top of this division yeah because their april was so bad it's probably the biggest reason why the Sox have a nine or ten game lead in the division right now you know uh and the thing because yeah, the indians started off terrible too so right right uh, and if it hadn't been for that, they may have been buyers. You never know. You know, and the whole the Tito Francona thing, you know, hopefully he gets his health figured out. But uh, him stepping down and, the you know, the coaching staff kind of getting shuffled up over there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's we can talk about how bad the uh, AL Central is aside from the White Sox. But, you know, to be honest with you, the, the White Sox aren't playing much better than any of those other teams. We just we had a better start. Yeah, no, and they played great in they played great in April and May. You know, the whole, like Abreu and Moncada were both on fire and playing wonderfully. And uh yeah, then it just kind of fell off for uh most of the team. And luckily we had that uh next man up thing, you know, that complete anomaly from everything else that's ever happened in a in that stadium <laughs> or for the White Sox forever, you know? So yeah, yeah no, that, I mean, you know, yeah, things, Detroit's going to be, Detroit's going to be nasty. They get, they're going to have uh and you know, like the thing is like, you know, they like the guys that they have that are great. Like they have like three or four guys, three or four rotation guys that aren't even close to up right now or are, are, you know, not in even in triple a yet. Right. And, uh, they're going to be, 
Yeah, within the next couple of years, they're going to have one of those pitching staffs like we have right now, you know, where four four out of the five guys are going to be, you know, dominators out there. And you're going to have to, you know, the offense is going to have to show up every day. So that's another one of those things where, you know, as we're sitting here talking about this, how, you know, like they're just disappearing for two, three games at a time. It's going to be entirely possible, you know, if you play against Detroit and everybody's on, you know, that they could come out and have, you know, three three out of the four games, you know, you could only score two runs. It's entirely possible. Yeah. And uh, they might have the next uh, Hall of Fame manager, dude. I'm a, I'm a Hall of Fame manager guy. They might have the next, next one of those guys uh, at the helm of that team right now. Yeah, you know, there's, I, a, there's know, a chance, anyways, if he sticks around for a while. Yeah, there was that. Uh, you know, and I personally would have been ecstatic had we gotten him, but you know, I hear from a bunch of a bunch of the fan base saying, "Oh, you know, Jerry never take a cheater. He's a cheater." And yeah, so. hey, look, I, you know, I, I'll and I'll I'll say that I don't agree with some of the things that he said, even after that scandal. You know. He kind of said some things that made him look like he probably was a cheater and he knew he was a cheater, even though he was blaming it on other people. But what he's doing with that team right now, a team that's got a lot of nothing on it, and they're playing just as good baseball as the White Sox have been since the first week of May. Yeah, he's pretty good at what he does. Yeah, no, I. Without cheating. Yeah, no arguments there. Yeah, he's been. Uh, he's definitely earning his paycheck there because they don't have nearly the amount of talent that the White Sox do. And he's had them playing really well. So, I mean, it kind of is one of those things where you wonder, is it just, uh, you know, that, that, that some of these guys were just severely underrated and were actually pretty decent and have had a garbage manager for the last few years? or Or is it, you know, that he's so good that he figures out how to uh, – how to job the system here and get everybody working in, you know, pulling the rope in the same direction, you know? Yeah. TLR never cheated. Yeah. True. Mm. No, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't necessarily cheat, but I'm pretty sure he knew about some cheating going on. You know, for sure. Might might as well be the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, there is he he definitely benefited from from cheating, yes. from cheating. Yeah, I mean the the steroids thing. You know, no matter where you, where you stand on it, whether you care or you don't care, no matter whether you care or don't care, it's still cheating. Like me personally, I don't really. I don't. Uh, I'm not one of the people that gets up on the soapbox about Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or anything about the about the PED stuff. But it is cheating, 100%. There's no way you could say that it's not cheating if you're taking shots to get better at one aspect of things. You know, even if, even if it's just to help you recuperate and it doesn't actually do anything else for you, which I also disagree with, um it's still cheating regardless if you are 
doing something, uh, like using something that's helping you regenerate faster, well, guess what? That's cheating. Now, I, you know, like personally, because everybody was doing it at that point, I personally don't care, you know? And I don't think that there needs to be asterisks, whatever, you know? Like I just, it happened. It was a, th- it was a period in time. You know, and it wasn't illegal in the game. It was illegal in the United States, but it wasn't illegal in the game. You know, and you know, the thing uh, about that is, is, uh, you know, we all know the, uh, the ex-commissioner, Mr. Bud Selig. I'm pretty sure he knew that a lot of it was going on as well, too. And he turned a blind eye to it because, yeah, you know, there's some truth to the, uh, to the old saying that, uh, the McGuire Sosa, Bonds, home run record chase, you know, those few seasons or a couple of seasons there that uh, there was a lot of big numbers being thrown up by those guys. Uh, You know, there's there's a little bit of truth that it might have saved the game after some work stoppages, you know, just a few years in the 90s there. And, uh, you know, baseball was losing a lot of fandom and we might not be watching the same game right now had it not been for some of that. So. I'm not condoning it, but like you, I kind of, I'm just, uh, I'm just a little bit whatever about it right now. You know what I mean? It happened. It's in the past. It's over. Uh, you know, and now we've got other scandals to talk about, you know, garbage can banging and vibrating devices and, you know, whatever else people are claiming that somebody was wearing underneath their Jersey or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, you know, it, there are some people that think if you're not cheating, you're not trying, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's never, there's going to be forms of cheating in every professional sport, probably till the end of time. Cause it's human nature. Uh, especially for when, you know, when you got guys out here playing for the sizable contracts that they're signing these days and what's the best way to get paid, put up big numbers. Yep. And some of these guys are going to do whatever it takes to put up those big numbers. And I'll take the suspensions and the fines later because, you know, the 300 million I just got signed to is going to more than cover that. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. I, like I said, I you know, like it was a period in time where that's the way it was, you know, like there was just there was lots of guys that were. They were taking them, and it wasn't illegal. So, you know, at that point, you know, I, I, you know, yeah, it's cheating, but uh, it wasn't illegal in the game. So, you know, if you're not going to say that it's illegal, then uh, it is what it is. I happen to see, uh, I'm looking for it right now, and I'm hoping that I can find it. Uh, I saw a picture of Sammy Sosa the other day. Oh, please was, tell me it's not that it that I believe that thing was was uh Is that photoshopped? It has to be. I believe right? so. I believe the the wig is photoshopped. Yeah. Because I have not be. been able to find that anywhere other than what I saw, the same thing you saw. Yeah, okay. All right. Then that's why I, I mean can't I don't find know because I'm looking for it and I'm like, where the heck is this thing? I went looking for it too because I I had the thought that it might be photoshopped because it doesn't look real to me. <laughs> but yeah, Sammy Sosa with the blonde, you know, the the, the bright blonde wig. Yeah, with the uh, and, like uh, uh, ninety eight degrees haircut. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, it's kind of kind of funny. But uh, it was yeah. hilarious. But I do believe it. I do believe it's Photoshop. But you know, you never know with that guy. I mean, uh, he's uh, he's going the the old Michael Jackson route, which with the bleaching the skin and everything else. And yeah, that guy's. He that just guy's he looks like uh he he looks like the you know he looks like the the mannequin that uh, gets thrown away at uh, testing when people go oh you know uh, that mannequin's kind of scary <laughs> we shouldn't well, use his, that his to face try to sell our product <laughs> his face kind of looks like uh, um, looks like Bill Bixby in the Hulk you know like when his eyes change colors and he just looked kind of weird that's kind of what he looks like before he turned green it's like kind of kind of what I see when I look at him I'm like man that guy is just weird looking yeah Mm. No, it was definitely funny though. But man, I mean, he's creepy, dude. It's cringy. <laughs> what this shirt? Oh. Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's a. Um... White Sox charity shirt that they sold uh, a few years back at their uh, charity booth. Um, oh, good old Alec Hansen. Yeah, man. Hey, you know what? He had a he had a one two three ten pitch inning the other day. It was glorious. Two strikeouts. Oh, it was nice. I'm sure it was glorious. Now, if he could string a few of those together, it'd be much more glorious. Yeah, I feel for that guy, man. I. All the talent in the world, man, just can't uh, can't line it up, you know. Never know. I hope. I hope. And development is not linear. Yeah, so they say. I mean, like usually that means that a guy's usually he's you know like this, and he'll like do a little bit of this, but not like not you know fall here, off a cliff, and then for the next you know like. Uh, Next four years, down here, nose dive. You know, yeah. I mean, that was oh, <coughs> brutal. Yeah, Goes he from like leading he the minor leagues in strikeouts to uh, not being able to uh, get out of an inning. You know, <sighs> yeah. That one's a, that one's a tough one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're coming down the uh, coming down the wire here on the uh, the minor league season as well. You know, yeah, just he he literally is just like a he's six foot eight, just a massive, lanky, weird dude. And he just can't seem to just can't seem to get it all going in the same direction, the same every single time. And it's just like, yeah, and it's like the the worst part about it is, is that he'll be having like a halfway decent, you know, like his inning will be going halfway decent, like the uh couple weeks ago and like the thing is is that he's only pitching like twice a month now because they can't afford to bring him into a game because if he melts down you know they're gonna they're gonna lose another game and they i i i get it you know they don't want the uh the other pitchers and the players suffering because they're trying to get this guy going like i get it but you know he's like he's pitching twice a month and uh one of his uh like the first time he had pitched in like a month he comes in. Um, I think he got the first guy out, and then the, and then a guy got a single, 
and then um, <laughs> then a guy hit a, a pop-up in the infield, and second baseman botched it. And, like, it just, you know, started the 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 ball in motion, and then the, the inning just got away from him, and it went to crap, and, you know, he ends up giving up, like, seven runs, you know? It's just one of those things, man. It's just, like, sometimes, like, nothing goes right for the dude, and he's just having a tough time, even when he's pitching halfway decent, you know? Like, he should have been two-thirds of the way through that inning, you know, with just a guy on first base. And instead, you know, he's got a guy's uh, first and third, and then just next guy. I think next guy walked. I think he walked like three guys in a row after that. You know, it's like one of those things yeah. where it got him out of his game. And that's that's why I say, you know, development's not linear. I, the whole reason I brought that up was because I still have hope for him. You know, uh, he's one of those guys I'd like to see succeed. You know, especially after like you said, bringing it up, he was extremely dominant a couple years ago and uh you know you fall off that cliff maybe he can find that again i don't know i'm hopeful yeah i you know i i hope he can i mean i even if it doesn't happen for the white Sox, i hope it happens for him because i mean he's a seems like a really really nice dude and i feel awful for him i mean like i can like you can i, I saw an interview and it's like i could just see in his face that there's just you know, he just he feels terrible about it, and he wants nothing more than to be able to do it, and it's just not not working out for him. And it's like the Mark Appel, you know, like the number one overall pick by the Astros, you know, and he's he retired because he couldn't throw strikes, you know. Sometimes things just get weird. Pretty good you know? comp, actually. Sounds like bummer at times this year. Yeah, I mean, like the difference though is that uh, you know bummers just really unlucky he's throwing strikes and guys are just hitting ground balls and they're just finding holes you know i mean it's yeah just... his babbit his babbit is is up there yeah it's weird it's up there they're just getting lucky with him I yeah think, it's like uh, 40 mile an hour exit velocity you know yeah it's not even he's not giving up hard hit balls you know that was like that uh that Raylo game we talked about last week where you know Ronaldo pitched a great game uh and gave up some runs because balls just fell in the right places and yep, that's been yeah, happening no contact. a lot, a yeah. lot this year. Put the put contact on the ball, and sometimes things just fall your way, you know, and that's what happened uh, for Ronaldo that uh, start to uh, his, not this relief appearance, but his start before that where, you know, right. just like for whatever reason, just like three singles in a row and they're all bloops, you know, or just happen to make it, you know, Find in between. Hole. Yeah, like, yeah, sometimes there's just – there's no explaining it. It just it is what it is, and you make good pitches, and you throw pitchers' pitches, and they're in great spots. And sometimes guys just hit them, you know. So, um, yeah, a little bit like Carson Fulmer. Yeah, I I agree with that. You know, to a to a point anyway. You know, bummer. One point five two three whip. Yeah, he's had some walks too. Yeah, I mean, you might as well take on Bummer because you're not hitting, <laughs> you're not hitting that slider or that uh, that cutter. So mm-hmm. if he's throwing it and it's doing that back back foot thing, you're not hitting it. So I mean, you might as well just take it at that point. Two quick outs and then the wheels fell. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was the last one either. Um, the one in Toronto, uh, the one in Toronto where he gave up two runs uh, and they ended up losing three to one. 
Um, that was one of those. That was one of those. Uh, one of his outings where, you know, they didn't particularly hit the ball particularly hard. You know, they just went in the perfect spot, and he ended up uh, having guys on base, and then gave up. Uh, then finally did give up like a, a double or something, like a solid double or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, the the bummer thing is kind of. I, there's lots of people, you know, I've seen a lot of people saying, ah, send Bummer to AAA, you know, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I I don't have that, I, I can't say that with conviction myself, you know? Like, I can't say that I think that Bummer shouldn't be with the Sox yet, anyway. You know, like, if things keep on going like this for a few weeks, you know, you need the best guys out there for the job. And uh, if, you know, he keeps on uh, having bad outings, there's only so much you can do. I mean, even if it, you know, even if it's a 70-mile-an-hour grounder that makes it through the infield, I mean, it doesn't at – at some point it just doesn't matter anymore. Like, it's just they're hitting it to – you know, they're hitting the ball and it's going and it's a base hit, you know. So, no, yeah, I agree, you know. Like, who are we going to bring up? I mean – there's not anybody particularly in AAA, although I, I know that uh, Evan Marshall's going to be doing his uh, his rehabs. He's gonna, he's doing his rehab, but I mean, like the they, other night, he gave up a couple of hits for, too. So they seem to love, uh, you know, to bring up Jimmy Lambert as often as they possibly can. You know, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's up and down, <laughs> up and down, up and down, up and down. Like my, I, he probably just keeps bags packed somewhere because you know. <laughs> I you know and then the, the Mike Wright thing, you know I I know there were a lot of people thinking he should uh, he should go down when uh, when uh, Yaz was coming back and you know they were getting they were talking about where where's Collins going and this and that why not Mike Wright? Well, Mike Wright's been. Can fine. you answer me? Can you answer me why Mike Wright? <laughs> this is the my question. I saw yeah. it all over the place. Like, Twitter, what? Facebook. Yeah. Why are we spending what, what away? What has he done? He's been, he's, nothing bad. Exactly. He's been solid. I mean, he did give up that, what, that uh, that solo shot the other night. But, I mean, like, for the most part, the dude's been solid. And he, the guy has, uh, the guy had, like, a 3.3-something ERA in Charlotte. Right. Nobody has a 3.3 ERA in Charlotte. Nobody. Yeah, as, much, as much as the great is a hitter's ballpark, Charlotte is a freaking launch pad. It is the definition of launch pad. That the ball flies like, like you're hitting golf balls with aluminum baseball bats. That's how the ball flies in Charlotte. Kind <laughs> of, yeah. You can, you can, Fairly you can accurate. pitch a, you can pitch to a a three point three, you know, the two to a three point three ARA down there. Uh, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, no, I like the thing was is that he, uh, I think, it, I think he came back. I think he was pitching in Korea. And then came back, and then uh, the the Sox signed him, and uh, and that's where he came from. And like the thing is, he's been he's been solid. So yeah. let let me see here. I'm looking up uh, looking something up here. It's all right. So all right. So uh, Dylan Cease. Remember how everybody was saying that the White Sox needed to bring up Dylan Cease, bring up Dylan Cease, and wouldn't take no for an answer in 2019? 
And, uh, you. you know, I personally was beating the drum that he needed to stay in AAA and he needed to work on his command. And, uh, you know, like they ended up bringing him up and, you know, fine, you know. So they're a baseball player. They can do what they want with him, you know. <laughs> but they ended up bringing him up and he wasn't ready, you know. His command was bad. And uh, he struggled. Well, when everybody was calling to have Dylan Cease with the White Sox, he had a 4.48 ERA. Mike Wright has a 3.3-something ERA, and they want to send him down when he's done nothing but get outs when he's up here. So, like, what's the – like, I, I, I am with you. I do not see what the you – know, like, what's the rub? Like, what are you getting by sending him down? Who are you bringing up that's going to be better than what Mike Wright has done? He's been fine. I mean, it's not yeah. spectacular, you know, but... Well, they're not all going to be spectacular, but uh, he's been... I would even... I, I'm not even going to just say he's not just been serviceable. He's been more than serviceable. He's been a valuable asset. He has done some good things. He is... Uh, He's he's taking the ball and he's gone out and he's done his job. I mean, we saw Zach Birdie and now he's gone. I mean, like that's what like that's the kind of thing. I mean, other than like Mike Wright was super solid for the Knights this year. He every game he pitched like I think he every game he hit five innings, every single one. In Charlotte, he did that, and I I think he only had like two games where he gave up like more than like five runs. Which in Charlotte is a big deal, you know. Like meanwhile, said, like you've got Jace Fry, and I know all you guys in this chat have done that. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Yeah, I mean we're boys, you know. We're 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 baseball guys. If you haven't, if you haven't done it, I challenge you to find it and make sure you find yourself a really big open field where there's nothing valuable around. Grab yourself an aluminum baseball bat. Toss a golf ball to yourself. Swing that bat. Now you don't even have to swing it all that hard. <laughs> hey, you don't. If you hit it on the barrel, that thing's just gonna go. Oh. You're hitting six hundred footers with half swings. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the thing is, like uh, Evan Marshall, like he's not, uh, like he's not ready yet, so he's not ready to come up. And even if he is, like he struggled pretty pretty badly at certain points when he was with the Sox this year already this year, you know? So, like, what's the guarantee that when he comes up he's going to be back to last year's Evan Marshall where nobody can hit him, you know? There's no guarantee of that. Meanwhile, no, you've got Mike Wright who's just kind of doing his thing and getting people out. Ronaldo Lopez here, keep getting guys out, and then you're trying to, set, you know, trying to send Mike Wright down so you can get Evan Marshall back or, yeah, like I, I – yeah, Jace Fry. He's given up three or four runs an inning like multiple times this season. So if we can watch Jose Ruiz come in in a one run game with two guys on and nobody out <sighs> and do the freaking choke job. See, you know, like the thing was is that I had, I almost had like a little bit of remorse for earlier this season when I said I wanted to launch Jose Ruiz to the sun. I had a little bit of remorse for that at, at one point because 
he was actually one of the best relievers in the White Sox bullpen for a while. Granted, it was like mostly it was ninety five percent low leverage, you know. But I mean, it was he was still pitching really well, and like you need that guy. You need a guy that can come out and get you low leverage innings and get you in and out of those innings without any problems. And he does that pretty well. Like he still does it fairly decent, you know. Like he he's not terrible. Yeah, but the second, terrible, but... You know, my point is, I guess, is the second they they put him in in a situation where there's uh, a little bit of pressure. And the guy implodes. He but why are they doing that? They know uh, that. They should know <laughs> that. Why are they doing it? <laughs> we know we know that he shouldn't be in there in those innings. So why is he in there in those innings? If you're up three to one going into the eighth inning, Jose Ruiz should not be pitching. You know? I mean, we, it's, it's just one of those things where I, I would never do that. It seems like a dumb idea. If I was playing MLB The Show, I would not bring him in in the eighth inning of a close game. I just wouldn't, you know? And uh, yet he continues to find his way out there. And I don't know if they're just trying to see if he's got it in him or what, but uh, I don't think he's got it in him. But, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it a lot. Yeah, uh... Bennett Sousa, yeah, he no, he's he's pretty good. There are there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of relief guys that uh, that are intriguing. Um, I don't know if right now. I mean, I guess since we have a a ten game lead, although I don't, I haven't looked at any scores. Are they are the Indians playing tonight? I didn't even look. Um, but uh, you know, I guess that. With the call-ups, you could uh, take a look and see what you got. I mean, yeah, he's got uh, his his K to walk ratio is great, but you know that's also against double A AA and triple A pitching, so or double uh, A AA and triple A hitting. So, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's actually a, there's another guy at Charlotte. I'm trying to remember who it is. Um, another reliever, uh, Lane Ramsey. He's uh he's interesting as well. He's had some uh he's had some times. So I don't know, there's a couple of guys. Oh, those are just the AAA. Yeah. Yeah, he he I mean, same thing as same thing as in Birmingham. He was uh him and Andrew Perez, both same thing. You know, like uh both both good uh good arms with uh some some nasty stuff. Um, who probably both deserve to to get a shot here at some point in time, whether it's this year, I don't know. But I mean, they definitely uh, they'll definitely see some time. Um, well, man, it's eleven oh five. Look at that! Wow, I did not even realize. Time flies when you're sweating your ass off. Oof, man, you got to get that AC fixed, brother. I'm yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like you know, we're, we we have homeowners insurance which is going to end up saving us thousands of dollars. It's just unfortunate that those thousands of dollars are spent in sweat over like the next like week until the parts end up getting here. That's the only, that's the only uh, unfortunate thing, but Hey, you know, like save us 3000, 4,000 bucks. Cool. You know, but uh, you know, whatever I'll deal with it. Yankees trailing in the seventh may lose third straight after that streak. Yeah. They, yeah. 
yeah, it could be one of those things where they uh, we'll see what uh, seventh. I'm seeing it's a tie ball game in the seventh. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, seven, it could be seven. one of those things where uh, they're they're getting hot at the wrong moment. You know. Of course, it could be that they just are going to go on a rampage for the next two months, and who knows. But, you know, historically speaking, that generally doesn't happen. Or they just, you know, go off for three months straight. But uh, August, September, October, no, uh, you know, pretty much no shot of being playing 800 or 750 ball for uh, three months. Odds of that happening are pretty much slim and none. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so I am going to be in North Carolina next week. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get the stream to go or not. Well... It's going to be, uh, I definitely, we could definitely do a podcast of some sort. Um, just have to figure out how to get it onto this, uh, this Twitch machine thing. And I mean, I could, of course, bring my stuff with me. It's not like that bulky or anything. Cause I'm at, I don't have the desktop right now. The desktop's sitting next true. to me off. So, um, until I figure out what the heck's wrong with that thing, um, like I'm pretty much, uh, I think I'm gonna drop it off with a friend of mine, and just have him tinker. Yeah, just tear it apart and find out what the heck's wrong with it. I mean, it's uh, absolutely ridiculous that I'm still having problems with that thing. You know, like eight months later, like just oh, stupid. and the amount of money dropped into this thing. I won't say anything. Uh, well, I mean, it's not. I mean, like I only spent, but... you know, you know. On the computer itself, I didn't spend that much. It's more the the uh, the the man hours, how much the man hours cost that <laughs> that that I've spent troubleshooting this stupid thing, going through every single little thing with it. That's uh, more 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 of a pain than uh, the actual money I spent. You know, I actually went through and made some you know, decent decisions as far as like what I bought and how much it cost when I bought it, you know, like I got some decent deals on stuff, but man, (sighs) I mean, like I built it in January and it's, uh, it's August and, uh, I've pretty much had problems like since like February. (laughs) I was going to say it it wasn't, it wasn't right pretty almost from the start. Yeah, no, yeah, it was like three weeks, four weeks where it was like starting to starting to kick off on me every once in a while. Now, like now, I can't even get it to install Windows. That's how bad it's gotten. So that's uh, I'm like now I'm just throwing my hands up in the air, and uh, um, yeah, I'm just gonna drop it off and leave it with him while I go on vacation. And hopefully, by the time I get back from uh, seeing. Uh, some glorious cannonballers and dash baseball that uh, hopefully we'll have it's at least pseudo figured out, you know. So yeah, I'm definitely jealous on that one. But uh, you enjoy. I'm sure you'll you'll come back with some good stories. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think you know, like I'm I'm really just uh I I, I want to see these these ballparks. So there's you know I sit there and look at them on online. You know I've looked at them online 
like 70 times this year. So uh, I'm ready to actually see it in person. My dad went to uh, Winston-Salem a few weeks ago, and then he just went to a game in Charlotte the other night. And, uh, yeah, I want to – yeah, he's lucky. He lives, you know, like within an hour and a half of all of them. So I want to go and check him out when we go down there to see him. Hopefully it'll – hopefully the weather will be good and we'll get to see some – some victories. So, uh, well, I think we're going to call it there for the night. Uh, for everybody that uh, tuned in to watch and hopped in the chat, we appreciate it. Uh, as always, you can find us at Daily White Sox on Twitter, uh, whitesoxdaily.com, uh, Facebook, uh, Banana Hammock on Instagram, um, something like that and uh yeah and you can find this on podcast form and all the uh all the places that you find those uh casty pods that you uh get elsewhere uh you can find that this there uh hopefully tomorrow morning maybe tomorrow around noon i don't know i have to see what uh old patrick's got going on hopefully gets it up i gotta figure out how to do that myself um why I don't know how to do that yet, I have no idea. It's probably not difficult. I just never looked into it. So <laughs> yeah. I'll have him show me how to do that, and then I'll, then I'll be able to throw it on like immediately right after we're done. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to hop on and do some editing. And uh, thanks for coming in to watch and chat, everybody. And uh, for myself, Ian Eskridge, and my partner, Danny Miller, Thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you hopefully next week. All right? Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.